I'm hitting my target. I feel like I'm hardened. Oh, yeah. We're back. Woo, Miami. We're back. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Still hungover. You look still hurting. You look pretty tan, though. I did bronze slightly. I yeah. appreciate you noticing. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, man? Still burnt. Still burnt. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Your boy, Shino the Insano. The funniest guy I've ever met in my life, Johnny Z. Thanks, man. And a subpar producer at best, and your favorite, Mr. Jake. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Jake Dogger. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Good to see you, man. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. I know. It's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. So, here's the deal. We all just got back. Not you, uh, Jake. (laughs) But Zolik and I got back from our uh, dad chiller party. Uh, that we had down in Miami, which was a blast. Unbelievable. Unbelievable weekend. We did a ton of stuff, and that was exciting. Yeah. We did some machine gunning. We shot some uh, automatic rifles. Uh, Note to self, don't let Alex ever have a gun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we should post on the account the difference in the uh, in the targets at the end of the of the night, which is pretty funny. It's like a movie scene in Terminator where you're shooting the bad guy and Alex has the gun. <laughs> He's still running at you. Yeah, the, that guy, we were la- dying laughing so hard because the target <laughs> definitely could have came back and still killed us at the end. Because <laughs> he was not dead. Not one headshot. Yeah, there was like seven people that worked at the place are all dead now because <laughs> of his, his shooting. But dude, that was such a blast. I'm glad to be back. It felt oh. so good to get back to the family and just chill out and then uh, there's like 17 inches of snow on top of my car at the airport so that's always fun horrible yeah right, right, pretty ready annoying. to go back already i'm already to go back <laughs> as well but we have a ton of stuff to talk about today thank yes. you guys so much for tuning in i know that we've been uh, off for what just a week week yeah a week not bad we've had worse so shout out to the moms again yeah dude shout, moms were holding it down while we were gone that's yep. for sure yep. they did an amazing job badasses not only was my wife taking care of the house and the kids and everything else, she was also taking care of some home construction stuff going on. So that was pretty <laughs> Power good. tools. Yeah. So she's done a great job. Pretty, pretty happy about that. So, yeah, I mean, they held it down while we were gone. Yeah. So it was good. It's good. Speaking of old ladies, uh, Jake, your, I believe yours has a birthday coming up. Is that correct? Yes, she sure does. That's awesome, dude. What do you got planned? Yeah. Um, Spoil it. Spoil it. She don't listen to this shit. Are you guys doing the four o'clock Richards thing again? I heard that was a huge. <laughs> she's a huge fan of that. Some liver and onions. <laughs> no, I'm um, thinking. Uh, well, we're hanging out on Thursday with like all of her friends, and then her birthday is Friday, so we're probably just gonna have a date night. Um, I'm thinking Ruth Chris, something like that kind of. Ooh, fancy. Ooh look fancy. at you, a little steamy steak, man. What'd you do? Hit your sales goal finally. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing well, I think. I haven't looked at his numbers lately, but yeah, we'll check them out. It's kind of accurate, finally. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But we do have a ton of stuff to talk man. about, man. Uh, one of the big things that are on top of mind is probably some of the best playoff football that we've seen in a long time. Long if not time. Forever. So Just studs in the making, man. So tell, me, tell me what you're thinking about that. Well, one, I think we can all agree that the overtime rules need to change. You have to be. You have to give the other team the ball immediately. It, it can't be decided by a coin flip because this same shit happened to Patrick Mahomes two years ago 
when Brady got the ball first and he never got to touch the ball. Now it just happened to Josh Allen, who just played the game of his life, and he has to sit there and he doesn't even get a shot. So what's the point of overtime? It's just a coin flip. That That's one thing I think actually the whole world can agree on. But the one dude that keeps catching my eye week in and week out, and it's, it, there's just a weird cockiness about him, but everybody loves it, is Joey B. Joey B, man. <laughs> Joey B has got a swagger out of this world that he just keeps growing his fan base day by day. And and it's not like he's talking shit. He right. like makes a play and then he just looks over to the sideline like I have a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I never know. I didn't pay too much attention this uh, NFL season. So when you were telling me about that, I started paying attention. Yeah. It was pretty solid. And now he's got shirts made. He wears shades to his press conference. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I don't think there's anything better than a cocky white quarterback. Oh, I think that's dude. the coolest thing. And, like, now the whole city of Cincinnati just loves the guy, so he can do whatever he wants. But that game was amazing. Then you get to the um, Tampa Bay and the Rams. You know, you think you got Tom Brady out, and here he comes from 18 down and ties it up, and then Matt Stafford makes a play with 30 seconds to go to get the field goal to win the game. Stafford's owed a few, in my opinion. Yep. Yep, that was so. His. I mean, that's one of the cool things about these, these playoffs so far is like you're seeing people make it in there that has never had yeah. the chance before. Like Cincinnati, obviously, everyone knows that story, and then seeing Staffy come up, dude, yeah, it's just awesome. And now you have Brady and Rogers both knocked out in the divisional round, which you know the betters of America all took the Packers and the Bucks. Oh yeah, so, you know they lost their shits on the money, but now this plays into question as Colts fans. You now have. Rodgers, who choked. <laughs> yeah. You now got Russell Wilson wanting out of Seattle. And the one thing that we are missing on the team is a quarterback and a stud wide receiver. Yep. And who has that? Green Bay. Dante Adams contracts up, and Rodgers probably wants out after that debacle. Why not make the move, dude? So here's my thing, right? You're a Colts fan. You're, you're not going to be a dynasty. You never will be. Indiana teams will never be a dynasty. Right, so you build and build through the draft. Either it's NBA, NFL, and you have that one shot every decade to win a Super Bowl. And you make the, and then you you go for it. And then you go for it. So why not just throw all your picks in? You got an MVP running back with an unbelievable line. You got one of the best linebacking and defensive lines in the NFL. Dude, oh yeah, we do we do we technically have the best offensive line? We have to have. It's got to be damn near close. Has to be top three. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. you got, you got one, the best linebacker in the league and the best running back in the league. Right. So why would you not go all in to get the missing piece? So, and this is what kills me about quarterbacks. And I argue about this with my friends all the time. Cause a lot of people still like Wentz. It's like, dude, he cannot make the third down throw. And if you haven't watched the playoffs, you have to have a dude that can make the third down throw. Cause even if the Colts got into the playoffs, Jonathan Taylor's getting stuffed. Right. And you got to make a play. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fill up the box. They're gonna send guys. They're yeah. gonna do whatever they can to stop him. Right, and they're gonna make Wentz win this game. And, right, and he he doesn't have the arm to do that. So you look at all these fan bases. So you got the Vikings who got Kirk Cousins, the Raiders who got Derek Carr, the Titans who got Ryan Tannehill, the Colts who got um, Wentz, and these dudes are all made of the same format, and they're never gonna get you to a Super Bowl, ever. So you think about that; it's never ever going to happen. It's right. not. Right. But then you got a fan base. Well, we won 10 games last year. Cool, dude. Who gives a fuck? Well, when, when you're a fan, though, too, you got it. They're, they're looking at it as 
something to hang their hat on. So right. if that's, if all, that's the, what they have yeah. To, yeah. all those quarterbacks are made of the same makeup, dude. If you don't have those four or five studs in the league, you're never getting to a conference championship. You're just not. And if you want to get to the Super Bowl, every quarterback that's left can sling it. Right. Not one. Well, besides one. There's one dude that it's Garoppolo on the Niners. He's a he's a game manager. Mm-hmm. But you look at all the other teams, Stafford, Burrow, and obviously Patrick Mahomes, who's absolutely dirty. So I don't know. I really hope the Colts make a move, but like to your point, this was the best divisional round playoff football I've ever seen. All decided by a field goal. It was so fun because I, I stuck around in Miami because we had a bunch of business to take care of and then I had some people, our top salespeople down for the weekend after that. We, you guys were down there. And being able to watch the games down there was a blast, too. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even have to be a fan of the team. It was no. such great football. You know, everyone's down there is obviously Dolphin fans. So they were rooting for who got beat out or who did the Dolphins get beat by. I can't remember. But there's there's some team that everybody was just going hog nuts for. And no one's really fans down there. You know, no right. one's actually from Miami. So right, it was kind of interesting to see just people that enjoyed the sport actually being kind of paid back, like getting the, the, the energy and the entertainment from the games that they want to see. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't happen all the time, man. It doesn't happen. I saw a crazy stat. It was on that BR betting page where, um, the Niners, you know, held, um, Rogers, the six points <laughs> Packers or no, no, no Packers held the Steeler or the Niners, the six points lost, Bills lose in the final seconds, and then uh, Tampa Bay loses with 30 seconds. It's like holy roller coaster of bets. Oh, I know. In the last like seconds. Well, that was that was uh, three out of the four were decided off walk off field <laughs> yeah. goals for the win. Yeah. Like, did you see? Uh, did you see what the kicker for the Bengals said? Like they. Said oh that yeah. J- Joe Burrow said that the rookie kicker, um, Evan McPherson, told the Bengals, "Looks like we're going to the AFC Championship right before he hit the kick." I love that. Before he hit. As he's putting his helmet on. What a fucking hog. Oh, yeah. He got picked up. Oh, my God. Dude, no. What do you mean? I'm saying he said that as he's putting his helmet on before he even kicks it, looking down the bench, saying that. It's like, God, that guy's got a huge dick. (laughs) (laughs) There was was just so many insane stats from that week. And then uh, Mahomes was insane. Oh, dude. He was was, unreal. This this line is stupid. So 188 yards after the two-minute warning. (laughs) So stupid, dude. <laughs> this is going back, comparing it to the Cowboys finishing game, but there was 13, 13 seconds was Patrick Mahomes' uh, game-tying drive. That's how long it lasted. 14 seconds was the Cowboys' final play when they didn't even get the snap off and ended up losing. Um, so, so, it's, so what you're oh, saying Oh, that's is, a whole other thing. Oh, no, we haven't even talked about yep. that. But my yep. thing is a couple DCs have got to be questioned today. How do you give up that much yardage with 13 seconds? One, why didn't you squib kick it? That takes three to four seconds off the clock. They should, yeah. They you know should, what I'm saying? They should not have touched it. Should that, have squibbed it. Yes. And then you are playing 20 yards off the field. You should be pressing with four or five back. That's insane. And, and then you look at the Bucks game. They had zero help over the top with the safety, and you leave the one of the best wide receivers in the league, who's a white boy, by the way, Cooper Cup. And oh, yeah. He gets behind you? Like, how's that even possible? So, yeah. as Think, it, think about all the uh, defensive coordinators that don't have a job in the league right now, just, like, sitting there watching those ones, and they're just like. Yeah, it's me on the toilet taking a poop, like, oh, that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I block your you, you totally blocked it. <laughs> what happened? I said, never mind. You ruined it. <laughs> My bad. You're good. I'm actually happy I blocked it. <laughs> oh, God. But, so, oh, so we oh, have Bengals. So, well, actually, before I get into this, so what you, you said, oh, God. So, what are your thoughts on some of the pissed off Cowboy fans out there on that last play then? It, it, it's it's them every year, man. They choke every year. They they're not they're not they don't know how to win. That's the difference. I like mean, these teams that are in it, like Joe Burrow is on a crazy season right now, but Patrick Mahomes has been there. The Rams are just stacked, and the Niners have been there. Jimmy Garoppolo has played in the Super Bowl. It right. might be him and Mahomes again. Part two, the, the Dallas Cowboys have all the talent in the world. There's zero excuse. They're the offensive weapons that they have in the defensive. They have the probably the defensive player of the year in that defensive end outside linebacker. You got zero excuse. When it comes down to that, it's coaching. No excuse. Okay. So here you got Mike McCarthy who got let go from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He couldn't win it with Rodgers. Now he's down here with this squad. You got to make moves, man. Dallas Cowboys are ready now. Indianapolis Colts are ready now. And the Tennessee Titans are definitely ready now. All these teams need coaching or a quarterback. So the Cowboys need to get coaching. They're about to lose their D.C. He's interviewing everywhere, which he used to coach for the Falcons. He was Dan Quinn, who was the D.C. for the Legion of Boom for Seattle. Oh, wow. So this dude's going to get a job easily because right. he changed Dallas's defense around. Yeah. Now you got, um, again, the Colts and the Titans, they're missing the same thing, a quarterback. The the Titans have so much talent, That's that's an – that's no excuse either. Like he threw three interceptions, dude. He was a wide receiver coming into college, turned quarterback. Mm-hmm. There's a reason the Dolphins let him go. It's like we're we're not GMs, right? But it's pretty simple to see what the problem is, right? Get Wentz out, get Tannehill out, right? Get new coaching in Dallas. You guys will win a Super Bowl. It's I mean it's that easy. So now we have Bengals and the Chiefs. They play at three on the thirtieth. Yep. And then the game following is Niners Rams. What are your thoughts on that then? Niners and Rams is going to be one of the most physical games of the year. One, they're divisional opponents, and they've already played twice this year. Oh, that's wild! I didn't know that. Yeah, and so now they're meeting for a third time. And I saw that Frank Gore and Joe Staley are buying a shit ton of tickets for Niners fans to make it a home game in L.A. Oh, <laughs> so it'll be more Niners fans in L.A. than Rams fans. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and then Mahomes and Burrow, I think, I think this is just like the awakening of Burrow. I think Mahomes puts it to an end. He's just too talented, and he's got too much firepower for the Cincinnati defense to stop. But we are going to see Joe Burrow for a long time. I like that. A new, a new, uh, kind of like when when Mahomes came in to this to the scene. Yep, it was so refreshing to have like a new quarterback. Like yep. that was a part of the group, and he's got yeah. a swag to him, dude. And the city's in love with him. Mm-hmm. I became a fan, and it's not even my team. That what whatever he keep just keep doing you, man, because you got a huge fan base, and you like don't even know it. I'm pumped for it, man. Are you doing? A, is there any plans for the Super Bowl yet? Are you a Super Bowl plans guy? I can't remember because now that you're back in town, I can't remember. Uh not really. Um, we used to do Pine Valley because they do like a customer oh, appreciation that day. Yeah, right? I actually um, I was there last week after bought, bought a bunch of Super Bowl squares. 
Oh yeah. I always get in on that. Yeah. I think I won 60 bucks once, which is like hilarious. It's funny for the people that are listening to, we have a buddy, his mom owns the bar. And I, as I was filling out the square, she already put his name on there like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder how he won. so uh does and you might have to pull this up kind of like pivoting a little bit have you guys seen any of the news about the olympics on the bidding process and then now like where the olympics are happening yeah a little bit a little bit you try and pull this up jake so i heard i can't remember i was listening but i heard there's a bunch of shit going on again if you guys remember the beijing china olympics well now the winter olympics are back in beijing this winter Really? Did you guys know that? I did not. Yeah. So it's like, it's so funny. Like, that is like the most corrupt bullshit process I've ever heard. Oh, the Olympics. And you put a bid in, I heard. Yeah. For I, the Olympics. I think it's 2036, maybe, is the one they did. But they can't host. There's no way they could host that. I mean, they barely got the Super Bowl. I mean, they did a great job. I don't want to talk yeah. to They did a great job. But I mean, they everyone, was hard work. I mean, yeah, everyone loves when, like, they host really big games. They say the city's great, but. Yeah, I don't know about Olympics. It's not, they're not big enough for the Olympics. That's, Olympics yeah, it would be tough. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. Well, the thing the thing that has to suck is like, especially for traveling, like who wants to go to freezing Indy for a Super Bowl? Like that's <laughs> right. a nightmare. Right. So right. brutal, especially when it was down in Miami or Tampa, Jacksonville, Arizona. Like those are the spots. But it was kind of interesting to see like just how corrupt that process is and how much bullshit that is too. But. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up a couple episodes ago, we talked about the Texas, um, oh, the shooting yeah. in Texas. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to follow up on that. So, um, if you guys remember uh, the Texas divorce case launched into a essentially a fatal custody fight into the national spotlight right after a dad, uh, Chad Reed, was going to pick up his son from his wife's house. His wife's new husband then pulled a gun and shot him and his, and Chad's wife had it all on video. So the, uh, the divorce case that launched a fatal custody fight into national spotlight has been dismissed. So Jennifer Reed, the widow of Chad Reed had sought to intervene in the ongoing divorce and custody matter between Chad and his ex-wife, Christina Reed. After Jennifer recorded the cell phone video of Christina's boyfriend, Kyle Carruth, appearing to shoot and kill Chad during a fight, the shooting happened during the argument over when Chad would be able to pick up the son that he shared with Christina. So Jennifer Reed released the video when she filed a motion to take custody for, of Chad and Christina's two children following Chad's death. Well, at the time, Jennifer said in an affidavit that Chad's oldest child told Jennifer that he blames his mother for the shooting and that he will run away from home if he sees Kyle there ever again. So now the kids come to find out these kids are like old enough to know what the hell's going on, which is like a whole nother level to this story, which is totally insane. At the time, Jennifer said in affidavit said that Chad's oldest child, I got that. So Jennifer said also in the affidavit that one of Chad's children will tell the family court judge that he wants to live with Jennifer, the stepmom. Yeah. Now, however, according to Jennifer's attorney, Matthew Harris, the family law case has been dismissed. So they're not even going to fight. There's not even going to be a custody battle now. Looks like these kids are just going to go back to their mom. Mrs. Reed filed an intervention into Chad and Christina Reed's existing suit with a desire to protect the children from their exposure to their father's killer. That's a smart mom. Right. Harris, the attorney, told... uh, 
this website that I follow, Law and Crime, is pretty good. Um, Unfortunately, the court dismissed that suit along with her petition without hearing on the merits of the case. Given that dismissal, there are no child custody proceedings that are pending for the Chad Reed sons. So those kids are with Kyle and their mom. Texas. I, I don't know. Texas. I, I told you. I mean, it's... Texas. That's tech, dude, that is Texas to a T, dude. So the attorney had to tell Jennifer that there's no way to even pursue the custody effort. Like, she's just dead in the water there. Um, under oh, the Texas... God, this, this, this fucking story irritates me so much, dude. He shot at him twice. <laughs> like, wasn't... He, you know, he gave him a warning sign, but that could have ricocheted. Mm. Okay? And then he just blasts him right in the chest. It'd be funny. It'd be funny to look at this from a different standpoint because if you looked at it and this did ricochet and hits like one of the kids, right? This whole case would be a totally different thing. That's what I'm saying. Under Texas law, though, one of the blood relatives of the children would need to file suit in order to obtain custody of the children. So that obviously pains Mrs. Reed, Jennifer Reed, with no family member has yet stepped up to protect these children. Same. So no aunt, no uncle, nobody else has stepped up to help. Can so. already tell you how this is going to end, dude. Can already tell you this. This is like a movie, honestly. Uh, this will might be a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like the kids are going to grow up. Uh, how old are they? They don't say here, but I mean, old enough to understand what's going on. But like, really understand what's going on. I don't like, know. you know what I mean. So like, they're going to grow up, and the the blood of the other side is going to say how their dad passed away, and then all this animosity towards what's the guy's name? I mean, it's a there's a video for them just to go. That's I what know, I'm forever, I forever, mean, forever. They're going to watch the video. So- those kids will dip. They'll dip. Well, uh, Mrs. Reed is glad that the other family members have joined in her civil suit against Kyle Carruth, but wishes that their priorities have been to seek protection of the children first, as she did. So it looks like all the family members are in a, some kind of class action, some type of lawsuit against Kyle and Jenna and the mom for the actual murder. But... But she's saying, yeah, but what about the kids? And no one else is stepping up for the kids. So on yeah. November 5th, Chad and Jennifer had gone to the Cruz home. So just to kind of rehash here. So Chad and Jennifer gone to the Cruz home, which is also his home office. So it's the guy's Cruz's home office mm-hmm. to pick up Chad and Christina's son. Chad had Christina started an argue, uh, argument over the time Chad was supposed to be picking up the child. Jennifer started recording the fight on her cell phone. During the argument, Kyle is seen going into the home and emerging with a gun. Also, for Kyle, Kyle every day has to walk out and see those kids and know who those kids are related to. That's another thing that's kind of crazy that people don't think about as, like, the stepdad in the situation. He's going to get up every morning and see those two kids. What do you, The first thing that comes to mind. I killed his dad. Killed his dad. Their dad. That's crazy. So Kyle got shot in the porch near Chad's, or Kyle shot into the porch near Chad's feet. Chad then used the gun as leverage to push Kyle away, at which point Kyle fired two shots into Chad. Local authorities at the time opted not to pursue criminal criminal charges against Carruth, but after increasing public pressure, the video, that's why Jennifer unleashing that video was really smart. The Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton confirmed in December that his office was investigating. The Lubbock District Attorney's Office recused itself from the case. Because of Caruth estranged, so his Caruth, the guy that shot Kyle, yep. his ex-wife is a district judge in that town. Jeez. Oh. So Jennifer Reed and Chad's mom, Jinx Reed, her name's Jinx, so 
you know, there's a whole issue there. J I N X Jinx. Yeah. Wow. Have each filed wrongful death lawsuits against Kyle, who has requested that the case be transferred to a different county. In December, Jennifer and her attorney, Tony Busby, made a public plea for information in the support of her lawsuit against Caruth. Now, Kyle Caruth was first identified as a shooter all the way back in November 8th, and that was a filing by Anne Marie Caruth in the couple's divorce case. So, so it has to be recused. Like, you have to move that to a new county because, look, they're still in this divorce case with his ex-wife, yeah. who is the district judge. So that's insane. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. Well, either way, like I said, karma is going to happen to this stepdad. I mean, at, at the same time, everyone's seen the video now, and yeah. it's the real the real dad is basically saying, "If you point that at me, you might as well just shoot me." And the guy just unloaded on the guy, and there was no need for that. And wasn't it too because of the timetable where if if the kid would have been there at three o'clock, this never even would have happened. If the mom followed the no, the kid was there. No, 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 no. I'm saying he was supposed to pick him up at a location, not at the house. If she, the mom was supposed to bring him at a certain time just by because of the court laws, remember? Mm-hmm. And if the mom just would have brought him there on time oh, instead yeah. of keeping him yeah. at the house, none of this happens. So here's an interesting, th- I agree with you. So here's something else that's interesting. The question is, is this self-defense or intimidation? So actually Harvard Law the school itself has been studying the rising gun violence. And it would seem that the castle doctrine is really about threatening people inside of the castle or living next door, not criminals. Mm -hmm. So that's something like what Indiana has. We have, I forget what it's called. Something about the castle law. Like if somebody comes into your house and you know, you're threatening your, your, yourself, your family or your belongings and boom. Right. Right. It's a lie that guns protect. Mostly they end up hurting the people living around the gun owner. Look at how roughly 60% of gun deaths are suicides and think how it's usually the family that has to clean up that mess and in their own home too. Never mind the glaring facts that claims of self-defense are actually cases of intimidating family members, not criminals. So they're saying, and I don't know if this is true, but they're saying a lot of these, which going back where they say 60%. So 60% of these cases aren't, like a criminal coming in your house and you being like, Hey, I'm going to shoot you. Right. It's Su- situations like this or like, I thought it said suicide. Well, yeah, but th- that's the suicide. So it's not somebody yeah. coming into your house and being like, give me all your money. And that's a whole different topic. Yeah. That's a whole different topic. But so they're saying that the, the laws are standing in the way, like the castle laws are there for a reason. And, but are they, are the laws that are in place now actually maybe up to date with the times? Right. Right. Because right. yeah, they're called castle laws. I don't, right. I, I don't, I don't think any of these are happening in castles. <laughs> right. So, right. I mean, just saying like, it like is, the other like, day, dude, I like I was in um yeah, but some of the communities are just that way. Like I played, uh, I was playing golf in um, Fort Worth and I met this guy. Uh, he was, we were recruiting him and I met him at a really nice country club and this country club had uh, two horses out front, like two mm-hmm. rich guys just like rode their horse to the country club. That day. <laughs> so like some of that, yeah, it's castle. Law. It's kind of funny. It's like, it's old, like is old that a, school, yeah. old school, but like some of these towns operate in like a very old school way still. Yeah. Like it's wild. It's just, wild. Yeah. That, that story always gets me going. I mean, so just to clarify, 
the kids are wanting, they were wanting to be with their stepmom, Jennifer, the stepmom. So the one that they were at the house of, no, that's no, no, their no. mom. They the were step, wanting to be at the other. Oh the stepmom was the one recording. Jeez. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. That's going to end up bad. Yeah. That's really bad. They'll just, they'll just leave, dude. That's what they'll do. You're going to have to. They'll man. be resentful. They'll give the guy shit. What's the guy going to say to him? Say, hey, <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even think. Hey, of, like, by the way, Kyle, you killed my dad. Yeah. Now pour me some fucking Cheerios. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the old school. I'm thinking of like old school, like Godfather. Like that kid, one of those kids is going to grow up and kill that man. Oh, yeah, you're that, thinking that route. No, absolutely. Well, you're yeah. thinking movie scene now. No, but that's you're, not you're even thinking, movie scene. You're thinking full circle, like this kid turns 22, 24. Well, you think, no, think about it, like you're sharpening his knives for 18. I know where you're going knives, with this. Knives. Go get the gun that he killed your dad no, with. No, he's thinking knives. Okay. <laughs> no knives. Knives are the move here. Ninja what are, stars. Ninja stars. One of those the balls with the spikes on it. He becomes a blacksmith. He's just like, I'm out in the shed. Okay. <laughs> just, just banging metal against, what is that, an anvil? <laughs> no, but like he's going to be very resentful. You're right. He's yeah, going to grow up mean as hell. He's There's two of them, right? Or is there one? He said sons. Yeah, they're going to they're going to grow up so mad. They're going to be like the the bad kids from Mighty Ducks. Yep. And be like, "Oh, I don't know what his problem is." Oh, you don't? <laughs> Google it. Yeah. Super sad, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. wild, man. That is like literally a villain origin story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. All of a sudden somebody like installs like metal into inside their body and then he becomes Wolverine and that's how this works. <laughs> Here's a crazy one. So this is a crazy story. My brother tells me this. So my brother comes down to Miami after you guys left. And my brother's just wait, like nine. Where at? A uh, little town south of Florida. Uh, south oh, it's Florida. In, it's in Miami? It's in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your brother nice. showed up too late. <laughs> <laughs> Did I sound like the detective? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe... This formal dress should have been a little bit more formal. <laughs> Is that show still going on? I don't even know. I don't know, but that sound just gets me so hard. <laughs> hard like a piece of wood. Okay. Okay. I could do that Sorry. all night. No, this, the whole episode is just so annoying. Seriously, if I could, any door I walk into, if you played that sound, it would make my day. Especially like going to like a huge like shitter in a restaurant. <laughs> like everyone hears you walking in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're in uh, we're in Miami the other day. Actually, yeah. side note and. Um, <laughs> So we're at this we're at, we're at this dope ass place, and I have to take a dump, which is the like I'm okay with it. Some of our friends would like they would go home to dump, right? right? So I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna have to do this here. Gonna and AC like, Slater it. Oh yeah, well, because I want to eat my food at the same time, right? right? So um, you, you just turn around the back of the toilet. It's like a yeah, it's like a like, bar top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm in this. I'm in this thing, and before I even get my belt off. 
there's three people like banging on the door to come in. I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be the most stressful shit ever. They're not even there to shit either. They're there to do a line. No, oh yeah, because it's in um, it's actually in Miami. So you know. <laughs> I can't so breathe. I had to go to a different place. I had to go to a different place. It was Did like you go? Two more- <laughs> no, take a dump. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about in the first place. Your brother. No, my brother's telling me this nonchalant story. So he goes, uh, I don't don't know how we're talking. We're talking about true crime shit. And my brother's like, oh, dude, you wouldn't believe this. My, I had a friend that I worked with and his dad is Ernie Brazier. And I was like, who the fuck is Ernie (laughs) Brazier? He's like, you haven't heard about Ernie Brazier? And I was like, no. He's like, dude, this story is wild. Excuse me. So he sends me this link. I'm going to go through this. So all my true crime people out here, this is in Indiana. This people is like, love true crime. They do, but this is so wild. that My brother's just like nonchalantly telling me the story. So I'm reading from an article uh, from the Riverfront Times. So I think this, I believe this is out of Chicago actually, but um, the unsolved murder of Ernie Brazier, a Clayton attorney's death nearly two years ago, continues to mystify police and colleagues. So let's start the timeline here. Just after 10 p.m. on December 19th, 2006, the corpse of Ernie Brazier arrived at the St. Louis County Morgue. Brazier had been working late at his office in Clayton, and the police said he appeared to have suffered a heart attack. So they, they have him coming in as a heart attack. They surveyed the body, and the coroner's, uh, the coroner's investigator noticed a wound above the 57-year-old lawyer's left ear. Obscured by Brazier's gray hair, the wound turned out to be a tiny hole. Just three millimeters wide, investigators Joe Lebb ordered an x-ray, which revealed a bullet large lodged in Brazier's brain. It was not until the body came here that it was evident that it was a gunshot wound, says St. Louis County Chief Medical Examiner Mary Case. She declined to say what caliber the bullet was found, as that information remains part of the Clayton Police Department's ongoing investigation into Brazier's murder. That same Tuesday night in December, police noted a small amount of blood on the desk in the office floor where he was found. The case says that they presumed that Brazier struck his head as he collapsed and the coroner at the scene did not see anything suspicious. So, get a new coroner, by the way. Because that <laughs> yeah. guy sucks. Oh, this guy got shot in the head? Does anybody see this? No, nope, <laughs> like, shame. No, shame. Nope, shame. Nothing Get suspicious him out of here. about that. Next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the cop walks up. The cop. Another case solved. <laughs> They're like, oh, he was found at 10 o'clock at p.m. on a Sunday in the office. <laughs> if you ask me, I'd rather have a bullet in my head. Oh, I can't breathe. Okay. okay. <laughs> so a janitor found Brazier's body shortly before 7 p.m. No, 7 p.m., not 10 p.m. Two minutes uh, before Clayton police received a man down call and quickly converged on the Guild building. Uh, I'm not going to go into the address. Very close to actually the police headquarters. Police told Brazier's law partners that he, because he was an attorney for this big law firm. Uh, the police told Brazier's law partners that he'd had a heart attack, but Leb soon informed Brazier's coworkers of the police's mistake. 
In a sparse routine incident report on 1021 that night, police listed the death a homicide. Dr. Case issued a full autopsy report on Brazier the following afternoon. By then, two dozen detectives with the county's major case squad had descended on the firm Boggs, Boggs, and Bates and found out to intervene friends and family, or interview friends and family. They were interested to know if they had any skeletons in his closet, recalls Martin Haddikin, Brazier's longtime golf buddy. Detectives visited Haddikin, a criminal defense lawyer, in Clayton on two occasions. Skeletons? Not Ernie, Haddikin told police. He was just a good person. To this day, the murder remains unsolved, and police say, and police will not say whether they have suspect or motive. Captain Kevin Murphy, who heads the investigation, keeps a prayer card for Brazier's funeral mass on his desk. It is a daily reminder of his duty to solve this case. Brazier was a civil litigator representing insurance companies. Mm. Has anyone seen the Clayton? What's that Clayton? Michael Clayton? The movie Michael Clayton? I think that it's. I think that movie is like about this. I think he was like an insurance attorney or something. And like when you're talking about huge insurance fraud cases or insurance cases, millions of dollars, like shit can get weird. Yeah, like the homeboy down in South Carolina. What happened in South Carolina? Wasn't it? A, is it? Is it? Hold on. Is it Murdoch? Mm. Murdoch. Are you talking about the murder? Yeah. That's different. But yeah, so insurance. that's a huge. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just read about that case. It's so funny you bring this up. So that's a huge, very rich family down there. Right. That whole thing happened because the girl got lost off the boat. Right. The kid was speeding through the Drinking and speeding. Yeah, drinking and speeding, and they lost one of the girls off this boat, and then the family was able to, like, cover it up, and he never saw any time. Well, that gets even more deeper. Oh, it's so deep. Okay, well, let's go. We'll we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Insurance. Yeah, insurance. (laughs) Insurance. We're getting deep. Yeah. Same kind of story, though. Same, similar, similar story. Yep. Okay. Jesus. Sorry. That's right. We're going to, we're getting out of hand here. It's like insurance, insurance. Progressive. Oh, uh, let's see. Brazier silver. Oh, okay. So Brazier was a civil litigator representing insurance companies. I never worried about Ernie getting hurt. Not an insurance defense. His widow, Pat Holtmeyer says, how much more boring can you get? Mm. Boring. I don't even have anything for that. Okay. <laughs> On the evening Brazier was killed, Holtmeyer didn't notice that it was past 7 p.m. and her husband had not yet come home. She remembers standing in her kitchen chatting with her 26-year-old daughter and a friend about making Christmas cookies. The two young women had just left to shop for ingredients when Holtmeyer, who uses her maiden name, heard a knock at the door. Beth Boggs, the managing partner at Brazier's firm, was standing in the front porch along with her husband, Darren Boggs, and two uniformed police officers. He's dead, Pat. He's dead. Holtmeyer recalls Beth Boggs telling her. Maybe they should talk to her maybe about maybe some type of social training or how to talk with people, but that's not the way I would go about doing it. She said she said he had a heart attack. Relatives and friends rushed to the house in town and country where Holtmeyer and her three children grieved. Later in the night, a longtime neighbor, Cheryl Kova, covered to help, offered to help Holtmeyer make arrangements to retrieve the body of the man she'd been married to just 10 days shy of 30 years. They've been married for 30 years. Slipping into the master bedroom, Kova placed what she figured would be a routine call to the corner. Until the man who answered the phone told her, there's a problem. I found a bullet in his head. Then Kova remembers the man asking her, would you tell his wife? It's so fucked up. Like the corners are so used to death that they just like talk like that. Right. Hey, there's a bullet in your husband's head. Do you mind telling him for me? Yeah. It's so nuts. Wait. So, what I don't understand is that 
they said upon arrival, they were like, he had a heart attack. They, so the cops first got there, they thought he had a heart attack. There wasn't like blood splatter? No blood. There was tiny bits of blood on the desk. So what they was, thought was from his hitting his head but there was, on the desk. But there's no exit wound. No exit wound. The bullet is in his head. Oh, my gosh. That's a small little bullet. Yeah. Which you, they won't tell, obviously, the caliber. So Brazier grew up in... Okay, hold on. So the portraits that line the Haltmeyer's dining room walls and snapshots covering the refrigerator tell the story of her life with Ernie. In one black and white picture, a young, dark-haired Brazier sits at a barroom table with his arms around his tall, blonde wife. In almost every frame, Brazier grins and looks at the camera with dark brown, puppy-like eyes. Brazier's mother-in-law used to say that he was cut out of the of priesthood. He was just as good as gold. Very patient, she says. Brazier grew up in Robertsville, Missouri, and graduated from University of Missouri's Law, finished in the Army Reserves, started his practice in San Antonio, concentrated for most part of his immigration law. Much to his new bride's frustration, Brazier wasn't terribly diligent about billing clients. Holmeyer recalls him saying, oh, Pat, they just don't have the money. In San Antonio, Brazier was trying to learn Spanish. What we're getting to here is that this guy was not like a, like not up to some shit, right? That's what they're trying to get to. Eventually, mm-hmm. Brazier's law career helped put his daughter and two sons through Catholic prep schools. Uh, anyone who knew Ernie knew he wasn't motivated by money. If if it were to him, we'd live in a tent. Holt Meyer found success as a part owner of a nurse's staffing agency. She says Brazier encouraged her career. He was the most... Um, Unchauvinistic man I've ever met. Keeping her maiden name, she adds, seemed to bother everybody but Ernie. The couple moved to St. Louis in the 80s. Brazier volunteered for the kids' school activities. Indian Princess with Kelly, Boy Scouts with Jeff and Zach. He coached soccer on the tiny field next to the church parking lot. Brazier's professional life moved along smoothly until he was abruptly fired from a national insurance company, the Hartford, in 2003. He'd worked in a company's downtown St. Louis office as in-house counsel for about two years. He just couldn't believe it, his wife says. So Holtmeyer speculates that the Brazier's boss didn't appreciate his un, his unhurried manner. Ernie is slow and deliberate in what he says, she explains. One coworker uh, remembers that Brazier telling her complained that he looked too long to get his he took too long to get his point across. So so, so why kind of like what our listeners might think about you, right? Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the point. You guys have to understand that this no, is no. not a dude up to some shit. Yeah, no. Absolutely. So like this So is, did did it happen right then and there or did it happen in the past? Or like did the body get moved there? Right? That's right. kind of like Right. So it's there's the 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 firm is huge, okay? Um Literally 23 partners and associates. Usually Ernie and I were the last two to leave at night. Um, Frank Anzalone was a criminal defender on the second floor. He was visiting with his client in his office at the same time of the murder. This is like a small little gun. This like, is it even like, and we didn't hear a thing. He said, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like shortly before 7 PM, the janitor and older man whom Anzalone calls the reverend, (laughs) Came into his office. He looked worried. He said a lawyer was laying on the floor upstairs. An attorney who worked in Anselin's office grabbed his cell phone and went with the janitor to take a closer look. Brazier was laid on his belly. His head and shoulders were under the desk, and his legs stuck out in full view. He didn't breathe or move. It was pretty silent, says the lawyer, who assumed Brazier suffered a heart attack. He immediately called 911, and the lawyer asked what his name 
Name not used for fear of drawing killer's attention. There's a weirdo out there. The lawyer asked that his name not be used for fear of drawing the killer's attention. The guy who went with the janitor to find him. Yeah. Wait, is that? That's kind of strange, right? Let me read that again. It was pretty silent, says the lawyer who assumed. Well, I, I, think he's just saying, I think he's just saying that like any name that's associated with like murder like this. Oh, there's a. Okay. Like that people are just going to assume and like dive into it. At the Boggs firm, it, like us, at the Boggs firm, a fearful <laughs> exactly. and suspicious atmosphere. Yeah. We, hear for the, we hear that name. We're being like, oh, Joe did it for sure. So obviously then they find out that there's a bullet in his head. Uh, the Boggs firm was fearful and suspicious atmosphere lingered for months. Thompson says everybody still thought maybe the murderer was still sitting next to me. Maybe they're going to come back. Maybe it's the guy working, you know, down the hall for me. Right. Brazier. But here's what's strange. So Brazier wasn't shot in his office. He was one door down. What? He was using a computer in the office of his colleague, Dan Bennett. This is what gets fucking crazy about this. Dan Bennett left vacant, his office vacant, after taking a leave of absence that September. Thompson remembers Bennett saying he felt burnt out. He was going to go down to Central America with his son and open a bar. So something pushed this guy out of town, and he was like on this weird leave, and he was using his office. Bennett spent less than a year at the Boggs firm, and in that time, his personal problems became obvious. Fellow attorney said that he would pace around the parking lot and scream into his cell phone. Bennett's wife, Sharon Cliff, filed for legal separation in 2006 while he was down in Costa Rica. So he just left his wife, went down to Costa Rica for months. Bennett was due back to work in mid-December but didn't return. Some lawyers gossiped that he had gambled, that he had a bunch of gambling debts and speculated that a professional hitman was looking for him. So this was one of the other lawyers... Other that lawyers that was in that's his office that he was using. Okay. So which there is was, which is normal by the way. Lawyers doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Professional hitman, they thought there was a professional hitman was looking for him. Cliff vigorously denies the wife Oh my god denies the allegation. Wait. So they're thinking that someone thought that he was that guy, murdered him. They shot him. Oh yeah. my gosh. Fucking crazy. There's no gambling. She vigorously denies any allegation that there's any gambling debt. She says, I don't even know who started that rumor. Bennett, who died in September 2007, didn't fit the button-down lawyer mold. He started law school in his late 30s after an 18-year military career. He hung out in blue-collar bars, tattooed on his forearm. So not a typical, boring, attorney-looking guy. Clayton detectives interviewed Bennett as soon as he returned to St. Louis. Um, They asked Bennett whether the killer might have been looking for him and Bennett told them no. He was like, no, I don't have anything like that going on. But would he tell them? I don't yeah. know. Right. I, I don't understand why they think that if someone's like, hey, do you uh, might have some people out there looking for you to kill you. You're like, um, oh, wait, yeah, actually, I do. Actually, there's this guy, yeah. Like, I know that you mentioned it. But, like, there again, everything that you're saying still doesn't add up to him getting shot in his house and hitting the coffee table. No, he got shot in the office. Oh, and they brought him there, is what you're thinking. Maybe. We don't know. Because they, no, they heard no sound. They heard no sound. They heard no sound. So the, it could have been a silencer. How'd that guy sneak in the building? Like, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Was there it's 2005, 2006, so there's oh, definitely no security. Had, right. You know what I mean? Nowadays, there would have been cameras. I just, like, how many types of guns can you shoot someone in the back of the head like that? Right, It's right behind the ear? Mm-hmm. How many, like, so you have to hold it right up to next to their head, I feel like. How many guns can you take, put it up next to someone's head, shoot it, and have it not be an exit wound? 22. 
could possibly stop that fast. A twenty-two caliber round. Okay, it's the smallest round that people are really using. They won't tell us what the fucking round size is. Right. To me, it, for that type of murder, is it a long distance shot? Definitely not. Right. Right. If it was a long distance shot, let's say like a sniper or something, you would be using a lot larger but, round. Okay, but so a twenty-two caliber bullet is five point six millimeters. Yeah, you're you're blowing that back of the ear off. Well, yeah, but that's five point six millimeters. The long, the cal, uh, common. It's long. That's long. Yeah, oh. that's he. That thing's gone. Yeah, let me see. Because what we say that the whole the wound three was, three millimeters three millimeter wound. No, the bore diameter is point two two inches, so five point six millimeters. So. Yeah, if he's if he has a three millimeter, that's very small. That's like what would cost like a BB gun? Like I don't know, I don't even know. Not like actually a BB gun, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would. I've never heard of anything smaller. I'm sure there's something smaller than a twenty two, but I've never heard of anything smaller than a twenty two. That's like an actual. Was he? But round. was he in the house by himself? Like, wasn't there her? His family was there. No, he was not in the house. He was found in their office, like at oh. his at the firm. And there was blood on the coffee table in the firm, the the but, desk, but not that like much. the work. They desk. said the, barely a little. They thought it was blood because he had he must have suffered like some type of wound on his head. Besides that, and they said that, he probably got shot and then fell and like right. hit his head. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> oh, I thought it all went down in his house. Well, that yeah, a lot of that adds up now. Jeez. So wait. So this happened in '06. Yeah. So like and then you would have heard the, about this. Yeah, and then there's nothing that's well, I mean, and then there's nothing that's came about like There's don't. a so I'm going to I'm going to get to that um in a second. So what's interesting about this there's a there's a a podcast that I'm going to I'm going to pull up the article here in a second. Um but there's another podcast that kind of went deep on this yeah. and gives some theories cuz there's a bunch of other stuff here. So um, where is this? Bennett remains separate for his wife. Never returned Boggs firm. He took one. All right. So Bennett, <laughs> so Bennett comes back, right? And Bennett is the, the attorney that like had that, that left to Costa Rica. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny to me. Clayton detectives interviewed Bennett as soon as he returned. Uh, and he's just like, no, not me. But then in September 27, Bennett didn't show up at Wagner's for a few days for the post-dispatch reported drinking buddy found him dead in his apartment on West Kurt Curtius Kurt, Street. Wait, they, that guy died? That guy dies. Oh, the it, dude that, the someone, dude was, that, someone was trying to kill him. So Bennett remained separated from his wife, never returned to the Boggs firm. So he came back from Costa Rica and never went back to work. He took by the case work for a lawyer downtown. He spent his evenings at some sports bar, smoked you know, smoke filled watering hole. He's like a, you know, attorney from a movie. And, um, uh, down in South in St. Louis. Then in September, he's been to show up to Wagner for a few days and found dead. Boom. Cliff's <laughs> so fucking crazy. Cliff says she's aware that many people wonder whether her husband's death was somehow connected to braziers. In autopsy showed that Bennett died of a heart disease at age of 48. Life brought some changes for us, says Cliff. A 52-year-old school teacher, unfortunately, it ended with him dying. It's just that simple. So she's saying that there's no funny business. He had heart disease, and that's why he died. 
And, wow. the, and then someone shot him in the head? No, they're talking about... Oh, the other guy. The other guy. Oh. What? <clears throat> so, the noise of some barking dogs woke Nancy Quackenbush out of a deep sleep in the wee hours of December 20th. Nancy what? Nancy Quackenbush. That's a serious last name. Two detectives with the county's major case squad were at her door. They wasted no time in finding the lawyer who had been fired from the Boggs, Boggs, and Bakes the October before. She crop brought, she bitten, chain smoking over lunch with Chinese food. She recalls standing outside her home in Maryland Heights in sweats and shivering in the cold as detective told her that Brazier was dead. From a gunshot wound, I started shaking and crying, she says. Brazier had been her confidant at the firm, and they would take long walks together at lunchtime. Quackenbush says she told the detectives, I love that man. Detectives thought Quackenbush might have been the one that killed him, been a jilted lover. But she told them, if you knew Ernie, you'd know how stupid that was. She let police search her car from the receipts that would show she had been out running errands that evening of the murder. So she, so he didn't have like an affair or anything, but he had a friend at the firm. They were thinking like maybe there's like a lover's quarrel there, and but she had an alibi. Later that same day, she recalls getting a phone call from yet another detective. Did I know anything about an anonymous memo accusing the firm of billing fraud? After Quackenbush departed in mid-October, Beth Boggs became the target of an anonymous complaint about her billing. First, some of the firm's insurance company clients received a letter that claimed, according to people familiar with the matter, that Boggs logged as many as 400 hours in a single month. So now we're getting into some weird stuff. Right. Interesting. So what are your thoughts currently where we're at? What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? What's your gut tell you? That someone mis- like someone was supposed to kill that other guy. Made a mistake. Yeah. They, I mean, they. it's not like they probably gave him a picture that was like, and like they were in that dude's office. So he walked in, saw him, probably popped him. Who knows if he snuck up from behind him or something. But he he was mistaken. So, a, so let's walk through that. So a hitman that's good enough to sneak in. To this office while people are there, uh, not sh- nobody knew that he was there. Go sneak upstairs, somehow get behind a man behind his desk, and then shoot him in the back of the head with some random <laughs> weapon. We don't have any idea what he shot him with, and then get out of there undetected. Well, is the it, same guy that doesn't know that this guy was well known in Costa Rica. Like everybody knew, it wasn't a secret. This guy was in Costa Rica. Well, I doubt it. I doubt it happened in the dude's office, like walking up the stairs. This, I'm sure it happened somewhere else in the firm. So even if it happened somewhere else in the firm, so the body got moved without any of those guys hearing anything. Yeah, that's that's the crazy part. I feel like this goes back to the shitty coroner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like it. oh yeah. I mean, I found a bullet in there. It's like oh my god, what caliber it is? And he's like, I can't disclose that. He just didn't know. Well, no. So they they don't they don't disclose it because if they find the killer, what happens is a lot of people come forward and say that they're the ones that killed. Like especially like jailhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they want to hold that too. So when they someone comes to them and is like, "Yeah, I'm the one that killed them," it's like, "Well, what caliber did you use?" And they tell them the right one. That's yeah, why. Gotcha. But um, December two thousand six, Brazier died. The chief disciplinary counsel in Jefferson City notified Boggs that it had received a similar letter. 
Quackenbush denies that she was the source of these letters. Brazier's widow, though, says she often wondered whether they came from her husband. If he saw something dishonest, she says, I will tell you, he'd turn them in. Oh, so someone within the firm whacked him. Ooh, look at the look at the fucking language. Yeah, she got he <laughs> Now we're wondering maybe he got whacked by somebody in the firm. Yeah. So, things start to change. The former secretary that worked there named Triber says, "I know he didn't agree with best billing practices." Boggs had a policy of reviewing all attorneys' correspondence before secretary sent it out on the letterhead. Brazier would type quick routine letters himself. Triber says he would handwrite at the bottom, you were not billed for this letter. <laughs> what a good dude. Beth Boggs declined uh, the request for any of interview interview from this Riverfront Times. Instead, her media representative, Gary Dreeling, coordinated the firm's response via email. The firm flatly denies that Boggs overcharged clients, stating there was no finding of overbilling. So they have, ne- they have not charged anyone. For overbilling, yeah. No, 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 no. Not charged. They, oh. they haven't. Like to this date, they there's no one that's tied to the murder. No, just a heart attack, and then the other guy had heart disease. Yeah. Gosh, the is this wild? And my brother went worked with this kid with his dad's the guy's son. What's the son say? What the son say to Logan? I don't know. I can't remember. We were really having a good time. (laughs) Um. Super serious convo, but we're in South Beach. <laughs> South Beach. Wait, dude. where? <laughs> yeah, did you hear about this murder in 06? South Beach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's We talk about weird shit all the time. The matter was fully investigated with best complete cooperation. States in the email sent through drilling. The firm's email adds that an issue related to an antiquated billing system has been fixed. And reiterates there's no finding of any overbilling. So, I don't know. What I want to do, I want to lay the story out. I want people to go look this up. And then next week I want to come back because I have a good podcast that I listened to that talked about this. And then I found a really great article that had some really awesome. Do you have the uh, podcast name so people can go check them out? Uh, I don't off top because I was listening it on the actual browser because my brother sent me the link. Was it the True Crimes podcast? It was one of them. I just can't remember. But I'll, I'll share. It. We can share. It. I'll send that to you guys, and we can share it later. So something to think about. I want everybody. I want you to go do your own research on this. Ernie Brazier. Ernie Brazier. B R A Z I E R. R I P. I want to see. I want to see some of these bigger podcasts pick it up, but I'm afraid that there's just not enough like. Like, there's always a dead end to, like, something. It's like, oh, this guy, this attorney, maybe they meant to kill him instead. And then everyone's just like, no, it's not that deep. He literally just died of heart disease. And you're like, okay, okay, dead end. Right. And then you're like, oh, overbilling. Mm. Let's look at this. Oh, okay, they weren't charged with any overbilling. Oh, there wasn't anything. Guy about. was renting out one of the offices down the hallway. Had yeah. a gambling debt. Went to Costa Rica. Yeah, dead end. Yelling at his phone. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Took off. I mean, so, I mean, just a quick Google this, I mean, I'm sure there can be so many others. There was a two millimeter uh, bullet was the smallest commercially available Surfire sur- uh, cartridge patented in 1910. Um, so, and what's the, so, what's the size of the round? What do they call so it? It's so small. It's tiny. It's two like, millimeter 
I don't know. K O K O L I B R I. Colbry? Probably not, right? That is so small. I know. That's why it's like this had to be some like whack ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so something like this could have been like uh, some sort of like antique gun sitting in like an office. You know what I mean? Like, had to be something whack like that. Dude, it's it's up there with the China. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those old Nazi guns, you know? <laughs> Two millimeters, though, dude. That, that's like, that's so small. That's like us old dads here up here, like pissing out kidney stones. Like, that is so fucking <laughs> tiny. How's that killing? I mean, I mean, a kidney stone kills my dick. <laughs> dude, that's tiny. They're like, sir, what size is that, uh, is that, is that wound that you're seeing? He's like, well, it's two millimeters. I'm like, ooh, that's a tiny bullet. He's like, but look, it's a very large kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what if he shot a kidney stone? Oh, God. Now we're talking. It makes me grab my dick. Ooh. Oh, I had an outside sales rep I was traveling with once while I was with him get a kidney stone. Oh. And we were like six hours away from like getting home. So to drive that's so far. funny you say that. So when I was coaching with <laughs> the head coach down in South Carolina, he's military to a T. He's dying in practice, but he will not show pain. But you know he's dying. And I've never seen a guy fly through practice as much as this guy. He's getting ready to call play. He drops to a knee. He's in that much pain, dude. Okay. Gets up. He's like, nope, not leaving. Like, dude, go to the hospital. It's not that serious. Blah, 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 blah. Nope, finishing the practice. Anyways, we get probably an hour in, dude. He collapses. And we, we go up to him like, all right, dude, please go to the hospital. He's like, yeah, tell John to grab the keys. We're out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. Even those big badass dudes, dude, a oh, kidney stone will take you to your fucking knees. Man. Dude, he was in the hospital all night. They were trying to break it down. Oh, my God. I'm so scared of that. That's it, why I still drink cranberry juice. It was massive, dude. He showed us, like, the x-ray. I was like, oh. I actually just watched that Friends <laughs> episode, so it's funny that came out. But I've never seen that one. Oh, really? It's it's when Phoebe, My wife yeah. watched it, but I didn't watch all of them. There's uh, so many. This show lasted for like 20 good. years. It's when, it's when Phoebe's giving birth to triplets, and then Joey... Oh, Joey uh, starts having pain, but anyways, I've never, uh, <laughs> I've never passed a kidney stone. Thank goodness, and I don't. I think that'd be really weird if I would have by now. But I'm assuming you guys have. I have. I have not. You have not. No. Ugh. That's something I'm not looking forward to. Yeah. So cranberry juice. Okay. I saw one of the toughest dudes I know struggle with it, and it's like it's gotta hurt. Oh my god. <laughs> What are the top things we can do to not get kidney stones? Ooh. Google that for us. Okay, I can look that up. Probably Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. Cranberry juice. Probably partying in uh, Miami. Miami. <laughs> uh, nah, it's actually pretty calm down there. Dude, we had such a hilarious time down there. I wish we could talk about some of these stories, but I don't want to bore everybody with our own personal bullshit. Yeah, it would bore a lot of people. The funny... <laughs> Drink more water is the main way. Oh, lame. <laughs> yeah, so lame. Just give me a silver bullet. Dude, I pee so much. That a I don't two millimeter I'll, I don't silver bullet. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever pass a kidney stone as much as I pee. I'll probably just end it myself. 
if I have one. <laughs> like, do you hear about Shane? He committed suicide. Like, oh my God, what was going on? It's like, he had a kidney stone. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Where was he? South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh my god, could you imagine getting one down there? That'd be a nightmare. Oh, Wait. Okay. Now we got avoid stone forming foods. Beets, chocolate, spinach, tea. Oh wait, rhubarb, tea, and most nuts. Wait, those those form stones? Avoid yeah. I don't eat any of that. Wait, 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 wait. Good. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, those can all contribute to kidney stones. <laughs> Okay. I just wanted to make. I just wanted See to make ya. sure it wasn't the opposite, and people start. <laughs> people start like down. Later, all right. Well, I like I like a good spinach salad with a bunch of shit in there, yeah. with a bunch of nuts You're and like, a bunch of. It's so funny you say. <laughs> that, oh my god! <laughs> it's so funny you say that th- those things because I just picture that coach just smashing spinach. <laughs> A nice spinach, do it, a spinach just doing the, with, and, and like a handful of nuts. You know, guys that do the nut, the oh, what, like what is that movie? Right, it, it looks like dice. It looks yeah, like why do you people roll the nuts like dice? And they always miss their mouth. They like hit their nose. <laughs> like, dude, you're over three, <laughs> dude. I just love the fucking dice roll with the fucking nuts. Hey, see, <laughs> okay. I'm answering questions, huh? Yeah. What are you thinking about? Uh, I'm thinking about when you're. Uh, how many people touch nuts at a restaurant? When you're in. Uh, oh, dude. Miami. <laughs> you obviously. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, you obviously have to have, like, the right apparel, I would assume. Yeah. So that just makes me think. Oh. Well, hey, guys. Shane here. Are you interested in some swimsuits, Hawaiian shirts, or just everyday polos? Why don't you visit tropicalbros.com for 20 plus unique, one of the kind Hawaiian shirts. It has a four way stretch custom fabric. Four way? Four ways, baby. Oh, wow. You gotta take a dump in a weird spot, stretch it out. Maybe someone randomly throws you something and you have to catch it real fast. Don't worry. These shirts can stretch it out. And also, on the shorts you can buy, elastic waistbands. Elastic. Oh, my God. Two large size pockets. A back pocket with a, ver- a Velcro cro- close. That means you can put shit in your back pocket. Small, smooth inner mesh liners and perfect above the knee length. So they're not too long. Like your ghetto friend that still wears long shorts. Tag Tropical Bros on Instagram, wearing our products for a chance to win free gear. Tropical Bros. Thank you. Well done, dude. Thank you. I'm wow. getting that was that was really well timed. Um, what's the uh, code they can use? So if you go on to Tropical Bros website and type in "these dads suck," you will get twenty percent off. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. That's off a freaking deal. That's like purchase. Colts cash almost, man. <laughs> God, they have love, Tropical Bros cash. I love Cole's cash. It's just like cocaine residue. <laughs> We're not even joking. This is legit, guys. We're legitimate. Yeah, this is legit. Yeah, this, no, yeah, this is legit. not a joke. Go go get your shit. 20%, 20% off. off. Yeah, these dads suck. 20% off. Polos.
Hawaiian shirts and swimsuits. I don't, and I don't want to make a joke about this because it's not funny, but I do. It is kind of strange that when they found Ernie Brazier, he oh was wearing God. a Tropical Bros t-shirt. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and they found a two millimeter kidney stone in his dick. No. <laughs> Jeez, oh, dude. You guys are terrible. Two millimeter kidney stone. <laughs> Dear Lord. God. Dude, I think you got a little buzz tonight, Z. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, that whiskey, my man. Yeah, it feels good. It does feel good. My back feels relaxed now. Oh, nice. Stretch hopefully, it out. Hopefully the wife gives me a massage tonight. A, mas- a massage? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, so you are uh, you got a big weekend ahead of you, yeah, man. You do. Um. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's actually going to be mainly like Thursday and Friday. And then she's going to be, I think, doing... Some stuff on her own. With Girls' her night Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uber driver over there. No. Oh, you're that guy yeah. for sure. Uber no. Jake. No, I don't think it'll have to be. All her girls are fucked up at Arena two thirty in the morning. Like call Jake yeah, to pick us up. Jake, call stop Jake. at Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my god, you got dried cheese all in your car the next day. Oh, oh you, you don't order a Baja Blast. <laughs> oh, the Baja Blast again with the Baja Blast. <laughs> It's an elite drink. I'm not going to lie. You get one of those Frosties, put some alcohol in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't done that. Oh. Also, because we're adults. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, we don't do that. Oh, yeah, anymore. you guys don't darty. Speaking of, so, God, I hate that word. So we picked, I don't know if you guys have had one of these. <laughs> so I picked up the guys Thursday. After you guys left, I was there by myself, and then our, our some of our staff came down to Miami um, Thursday night. I picked them up pretty late from the airport. But I was kind of wanting to get the party started. We got the pool and everything, so trying to get everything going. And I was like, what do I I want to get? You know, I don't want to sit there and suck down beers all night. So I've never had them before. I grabbed four, four, four logos. Oh, boy. Holy shit. Those are so disgusting. Heart attack alert. So gross. Yeah. They're so gross, dude. They're so gross. I can't explain to you how gross those things are. But I, we, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I think it was the last person to finish their four locos has to have a fifth has to have the next four locos. Ooh, that's 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 tough. I can't remember tough exactly scene. what we did. You guys made someone something. do that? Two four locos? No, I think I only bought four anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> um, um, so we got, but the one of the guys just sucked it down right away. I was like, well, that guy's dead. And then we all got him finished, but it took. Like my, the goal was to get ten days zero to one hundred pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get you know let's get to having a good time. And I'll tell you what, those four locos did the job for sure. But they're absolutely disgusting. They're gross. Uh, have you ever had you? There's a young guy who who's buying this stuff. Okay, so Underage when they kids. originally came out, they were like dangerous. Yeah, like they, like literally dangerous because there was so much caffeine and alcohol that it was like people would ha- if you had more than one, it was it was like people it was you know people would end up in the hospital damn near. They Jesus. came out a while ago. It was like so, right when we got to yeah. college. So they like yeah, but I never. Was so they them. cut them out and like they made it to where they weren't allowed to be sold. And then they had to you know mess with the formula, bring down the um, different levels of either alcohol. Oh shit! What a stupid son of a bitch. My bad. Was <laughs> <laughs> that Joe Biden? Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know how that stupid son. You're gonna drink that? I don't know how that slipped. That's probably what they think when you drink. You're drinking it. the four logos. Joe Biden's going. You yeah. stupid son. No, of that's bitch. that's every. Every person at a gas station whenever you go to buy a four loca. <laughs> what a stupid son of a bitch. 
No, but uh, meanwhile, yeah. Shane's buying four. <laughs> no, no, everyone's looking yeah. at me like this is about the most Florida thing you can do. <laughs> this guy's dead. Like, tonight. sir, you're actually not legally allowed to do that, <laughs> dude. It got zero to one hundred. That's for sure. Shane, that's, it's like, dude, you can't leave here with four locos. And like Shane turns back, you ever had a two million minutes <laughs> to a millimeter kidney stone come out your dick? I think if you said that to anyone, I think that you'll get no response. And so that's or the guy that off. had a three millimeter uh, kitty stone, be like, yeah, <laughs> the guy They're in the big, back, big dick Budweiser stones. Yeah, <laughs> been he's there. Just, he's got six steel reserves. <laughs> he's and also, some spinach he's, and nuts. He's also holding like the giant key that has a roller because he just took a shit. <laughs> <laughs> the giant. Been there. Dude, if I own a gas station, I would come up with the most fun ways to hook those uh, bathroom keys to stuff. Dude, no, fuck that. Just like a human femur. Okay, because that, that reminds me. That reminds me of just what happened to me recently. Jesus Christ, someone looks dying. But that reminds me. Dude, just imagine guys like, hey. over the counter. Oh, imagine the guy. Yeah, you're going like, hey man, can I use the bathroom? He's like, yeah, sure. Do you have the key? And he just. Just a huge leg bug. <laughs> what would you put on the like key, Jake? A prosthetic leg. Oh, yeah. that's a pretty good one, too. <laughs> I feel like a dead cool. raccoon on mine. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> like the fur is starting to fall off. You grab by the tail and just all the skin falls off. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, no, for when you're in a hurry, though. Here's the best thing. Best thing to connect uh. to. Get like a hundred foot string and then connect that behind the counter. <laughs> so you're just tugging on it. So uh, you pull the key all the way across and just take that string with you. Oh, let's get a let's buy a gas station just to do this. Yeah, so much fun. Oh, dude. Oh my. If you're if you're listening, send us a DM. What would you put on the gas station yes, key? Please. What would you put on the gas station key? <laughs> Well, the the person with the best answer will get a these dads suck at. Oh, let's do that. And yeah. a Tropical Bros, something from Tropical yeah, Bros. Yeah, something from Tropical Bros from us. Well, we don't know what it is, but we'll figure it out. Koozie. Uh, so the, I was just thinking about that, though, the gas station thing, because you said you guys went somewhere and y- you have some friends that would literally just go home to shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what about in like an emergency? Are you guys above? Shitting at a gas station? No doubt. Dude, my, my, I have no problem doing dude, that. Dude, no problem. Have, okay, you, have you been to C Street back in the day? There was no stall door. There was no. <laughs> you had the whole bar oh. walking in. You're just sitting there waving, taking a fat shit. Yeah, that was the that was the chug at uh in at Ball State. I mean, I, I thought I the had, chug. I thought yeah, it's the it's like the dive bar there. But I thought that I had gotten through uh, my entire time at Ball State without having to do that. Last weekend drinking there, of course, I had to take a shit. I was like, okay, it's a chill night. You know, I'm just like sitting there <laughs> and it's a side view too. So I'm like sitting there to the side and some guy walks in his turn. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> what do you say when, cause I had to deal with this also in Miami. So what do you, what is, what is your guys' phrase when they knock on the door? Are you like, I'm in here or do you say occupied? What do you say when someone knocks on the door? Mine's always like seats taken. See- <laughs> <laughs> but you say it in the, the seats taken. No, the girl from uh force camp seats taken. <laughs> That's a good one. I wish I would have thought of that. I just say, yeah. I said, yep. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Or like you kind of do like the <clears throat> grunting sound. Let them know. So you're they know. <laughs> just, oh, God. I always just tell my full name that I'm in there. 
<laughs> Shane Rujo's in here. Thank you. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the worst is like coming out of that. It's all yours. Yeah, it's all <laughs> There's someone waiting. I got to go close my tab. Keep it warm for me. <laughs> No, I mean, okay, so I think about this because this literally just happened to me very recently. I uh, went to eat, and I, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the meal. It was some lamb. It was a nice lamb leg or whatever it was. But uh, Fancy bitch over here. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it was, it was, it was, no. Definitely it was, hit it was your delicious. sales goal. It was delicious. <laughs> I, but I, I had to go do some pickups um, for some letters that night. So I was on my way there, and I was actually on the phone. With my girlfriend, and she, we were just like talking, you know, saying, okay, once I'm done with this, and I was like, whoa, holy shit. I was like, I'm about to shit my pants. She's like, whoa, what happened? I was like, no, literally, I'm about to shit my pants. I went to fart, just caught it last second, pulled over immediately to the gas station, destroyed some bathroom. What's the worst place that you've had to shit? C Street had to be for me. It might, okay. have, been, it might have been the chug. The chug? Okay, let me, let me paint a picture here for you. It's a freezing fall. Slash winter time frame. I'm pouring concrete uh, for a group. We do basement walls. We're out in the middle of Roanoke. This The driveway itself was like almost a mile long just to get back to this beautiful house that they're building. So I get into this. You know, we're doing the huge basement walls. I got to take a shit. And we're so far from everything. I mean, it's now. So we, my boss always kept like baby wipes and uh toilet paper in the truck for just that occasion right so it's cool so i grab it but i got like i got a fucking trek because we're in the middle of this cornfield i have to get to these woods that are like i mean maybe two thousand yards away dude (laughs) so i start trekking across and they're all yelling at me while i'm walking across and it's like wet and muddy so my i'm (laughs) I'm literally like losing my boots almost every step because my legs are going deep into the mud. Your heels are just like, oh my out. god! So I'm just like trying to stretch through, and I'm going to literally shit my pants. Swamp things like, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I get out. I finally get to the woods, like this woods. I walk through the woods a little bit, and then I find a nice little tree. I rest. I squat down and lean up against the tree, like my back up against the tree. You're deforesting at that point. You're a large human being. Yeah. So I, I pull my pants down. I do one turd. First turd comes out, and I hear, "Hey, buddy, I wouldn't do that there if I were you." And I look up, and there's three hunters in tree stands. I was like, dude. I was like, dude. I'm already one turd in. He's like, you don't have to suck it up, man. I was like, shit, man. They watched you the whole time. They watched me. They, watched, they probably watched me walk from the basement. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You yell to him like, how long you guys been up there? Dude, hands you the key with the prosthetic leg. <laughs> That was one of the worst ones, probably having to do that. That's there. rough. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, C Street for sure for me. Oh, dude, that but, is. But nice. but but then it became a joke. Like, get on in here. Doors open. You don't <laughs> you, care. You have to make a joke. Yeah. Out of that Everyone. Point. I mean, twenty people are seeing you take a shit. It'd be good if you got like a magazine and a newspaper in there. Or <laughs> people are bringing you drinks. Oh, that's the move back yeah. then. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I remember when I was. I mean, I was probably around, probably ten, twelve, and we were at the lake. And I was on like my buddy's boat with 
him and his family, and he was like, just like looking, like looked at me. He's like, I gotta take a deuce. I'm like what? He's like, I gotta take a deuce right now. I'm like, dude, we're like in the middle of like. He like told his mom and all that shit. They're like, you know, trying to get him to go back. They're like, there's no way we're getting all these fucking drunk ass adults in this boat to go back. So they made him take a shit right there in the middle of the lake <laughs> at the sandbar. No, we're like in the middle, oh. like, like kind of like you know, middle-ish. Yeah, out there just swimming. But then once like all the adults heard, they went over to watch him. Then it floats up. Oh. <laughs> so you have an you have an audience. <laughs> Just in there Dude, he's lucky sh- that they're like solid turds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How would you? I would have to like hold on to the back of the boat, and you go like a little bit fast, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it all just like kind of leave it behind me. <laughs> like just leave it in the review mirror, man. That's what I would do with those turds. <laughs> I'm the same way because I don't know if it's weird that I can't do this, but. Like, I can't fully be swimming in the water while peeing. Like, I think that's that blows my mind that people can do it. I have to be completely still. Like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll have to damn near drown. <laughs> and then if you start sinking down, then you're, like, starting to drown in your own piss. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's terrible. So I, I have to hold on to, like, the boat. And Dude, I need pooping in the water, even though there's no hunters or no <laughs> gross bathrooms or drunk guys giving you drinks. I think pooping in the lake like that has to be the worst thing. Yeah, I never brutal. even thought, dude. I've lived on the lake my whole life. I've never even thought about yeah, imagine, having a poop out there. Imagine doing it submerged in the water. So like, there's a very tight, <laughs> there's a tight frame where like your poop comes out. Water has to go in. <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh! Your eyes just. Got so <laughs> dude, I'm like, I want to know who this guy is. The guy's like a warlock. He should get. He should have like a purple heart for doing that. <laughs> oh, That's gosh. amazing. Yeah. Dude, yeah. all right, so, so what, what are we asking for people? Oh, what would you hook your key to? Gas station key to. Gas station key to, or let us know your the worst place, you, the shittiest place you had to shit. Also, your your opinion on the oh, lawyer. Yeah, Ernie. Sorry, forget his freaking <laughs> last name. Is it Bernie? Ernie? Ernie Brazier. Ernie Brazier. What are your, Look him what's up. your opinion? B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. 2006. A lot of stuff we want to hear feedback from. We probably won't hear anything, but that's fine. We just want to hear feedback, people. Just also, get on, get on Tropical Bros and put in that These Dads Suck. Uh, yes. God, if someone would buy a shirt with our code, that'd be so cool. It's probably going to be Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Tim, one of our best uh, loyal followers out there. Appreciate you, buddy. But that's funny. Dude, that's great. I'm, I haven't told that story about me shitting in that woods for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I, that is hilarious. I almost forgot about that. Those construction days, just it was tough. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did that for a while, too. Hey, so where are we at on time, my man? Um, 122. Oh, money. Right at, the, right at the mark. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. I think last time uh, I had to finish the podcast for us. Up, yes, I think it's Z's turn. Z's turn. Okay. Uh, how about uh, why don't you give us our best uh, outro uh, for uh, uh, CSI Miami here? I think that's what I want to hear. <laughs> okay. You don't want to set them up for a thing. <laughs> oh, do you want me to? I can. Okay, here we go. You ready? <laughs> okay. Fuck that. Here we go. All right. Um, you are uh, you are uh, investigating. Uh, a mysterious murder mm-hmm. and you go to meet the coroner's office to kind of go over the notes and you get to the coroner's office and you have to shit so bad. And uh, he's like, Hey, it's kind of awkward right now, but cause we have so many bodies here right now 
the only place you can shit is in that bathroom and there's two bodies in the bathroom with you. You go in there and you start to take a shit and then somebody knocks on the door and what do you say? I say, this seat's taken. Yeah! I'm hitting my target, I feel like I'm hardened Get green like the garden, I'm south like New Orleans Get it jumping, they're calling me Zion Constrict shit like a python Tiptoe down the pylon Spent the bill